Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. First Samuel 2, we're at the end of First Samuel 2. Those who are supposed to represent God don't know him. From Hannah's beautiful prayer of praise to God in the beginning of 1 Samuel 2, which we covered in yesterday's uh, podcast and vlog episode, we changed tone to the corruption of Eli's sons. They were born into the tribe of Levi, thus they are Levitical priests, charged with serving and representing God at the tabernacle. But what happens when they are corrupt and their father doesn't properly correct them? Let's dig in. We're in 1 Samuel 2, verses 12 through 36. Eli's wicked sons. Now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons would send over a servant with a three-pronged fork. While the meat of the sacrificed animal was still boiling, the servant would stick the fork into the pot and demand that whatever it brought up be given to Eli's sons. All the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh were treated this way. Sometimes the servant would come even before the animal's fat had been burned on the altar. He would demand raw meat before it had been boiled so that it could be used for roasting. See, they knew the most favorable part of uh, meat was the fat. The man, uh, the man offering the sacrifice man replied, take as much as you want, but the fat must be burned first. Then the servant would demand, no, give it to me now or I'll take it by force. So the sin of these young men was very serious in the Lord's sight, for they treated the Lord's offerings with contempt. But Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord. He wore a linen garment like that of a priest. Each year, his mother made a small coat for him and brought it to him when she came with her husband for the sacrifice. Before they returned home, Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you other children to take the place of this one she gave to the Lord. And the Lord blessed Hannah, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. 
Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now, Eli was very old, but he was aware of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. He knew, for instance, that his sons were seducing the young women who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. Eli said to them, I have been hearing reports from all the people about the wicked things you are doing. Why do you keep sinning? You must stop, my sons. The reports I hear among the Lord's people are not good. If someone sins against another person, God can mediate for the guilty party. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede? But Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father, for the Lord was already planning to put them to death. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with the people. A warning for Eli's family. One day, a man of God came to Eli and gave him this message from the Lord. I revealed myself to your ancestors when they were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. I chose your ancestor Aaron from among all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer sacrifices on my altar, to burn incense, and to wear the priestly vest as he served me. And I assigned the sacrificial offerings to you priests. So why do you scorn my sacrifices and offerings? Why do you give your sons more honor than you give me? For you and they have become fat from the best offerings of my people Israel. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel says, I promised that your branch of the tribe of Levi would always be my priests. But I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. The time is coming when I will put an end to your family, so it will no longer serve me as priest. All the members of your family will die before their time. None will reach old age. You will watch with envy as I pour out prosperity on the people of Israel, but no members of your family will ever live out their days. The few not cut off from serving at my altar will survive, but only so their eyes can go blind and their hearts break and their children will die a violent death and to prove that what i have said will come true i will cause your two sons hophni and phineas to die on the same day then i will raise up a faithful priest who will serve me and do what i desire i will establish his family and they will be priests to my anointed kings forever then all of your surviving family will bow before him, begging for money and food. Please, they will say, give us jobs among the priests so we will have enough to eat. And that was 1 Samuel 2, verses 12 through 36. Well, here's some points to ponder. Interesting that among all this evil and wrongdoing, Samuel grew up. He's going to be the faithful priest that Jesus talked about in verse 35. Jesus. Oh, oh, yeah, by the way, the man of God is the pre-incarnate Jesus. Jesus came down to deal with the sinners, and he'll be back to deal with sinners very soon. God doesn't look at labels. He looks at the reality of our lives. You can't hide behind a title. God sees and knows everything. Failure to correct the immorality made Eli just as guilty as his sons. Furthermore, that is just like condoning immorality and sin in today's world makes you just as guilty as the sinner. 
Now that's something to think about. Jesus gives us a warning of the fierce judgment that is coming to all mankind, living and dead. It's time for you to repent, stop sinning, and surrender your life to Jesus. Greedy hypocrites, immorality then and now. It's sad that these supposed men of God or priests didn't know, fear, or respect God at all. Unfortunately, it's reflected even today with fake priests or pastors who use their power to seduce innocent children and women, as well as to embezzle funds from the church. In addition, they preach false teachings. They are the blind leading the blind. By the way, if you wonder where that phrase came from, the blind leading the blind, it's from the Bible. Matthew, Matthew 15, verses 13 through 14. Jesus replied, every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted, so ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. If one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. How do you worship God? First, we have the Bible at our fingertips. Clearly, there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't know God. Second, because we know God, then we know that God wants us to honor and worship him and him only. Not Mary, not dead saints, not any man-made statues, not the Pope or bishop or cardinal, only him. Are you, are you completely free to worship as you feel? Or are you concerned that you're doing it right and following the rituals and protocols correctly? Do you feel joy when you worship or just a sense that you've completed an obligation? That's the difference between being a born again Christian following Jesus and a person who is a slave to religion. You are not free if you are a slave to religion. God sees our hearts and every act of worship. Jesus didn't suffer torture and die so we could have religion. He died so he could have a relationship with you. Get to know God. He, he told us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. What are you waiting for? It's time to get right with God. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog. The link is in the show notes and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And also at the bottom of this blog, I embedded a video, which is very um, apropos for today. It's called Waymaker by Michael W. Smith. And it's perfect. Soli Dio Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. 
Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20 to 22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24:14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.